0: What's up, you guys? For this episode, I'm going to review Ori Hoffmuthler's book, The Warrior Diet, one of the best books I've read in a long time. We're going to cover a little bit about who Ori Hoffmuthler is, why I have a major man crush on him, the why behind The Warrior Diet, why the diet works so well, a little bit about hutzpah. Yeah, we're going to cover chutzpah, And we're also going to cover a little bit about how to do the warrior diet and why it's so important when you're trying to have a war of ideas that you actually read the book because so often this book gets mischaracterized as just one meal a day. It's much deeper, much more nuanced than that, and much more fulfilling than that than just simply stuffing your pie hole once a day folks, you got to read the book. That, that is the point of this podcast, to get you interested to start your journey. Because I have now been a faster for now a year and a half. I've lost 70 pounds. I've never felt better. And for me, I trust the people that have dived deep into this particular field, the PhDs, the medical doctors, and people like Ori Hoffmeckler because Ori Hoffmechler is not a doctor, but yet I trust him completely and we will get a little bit as to why I do. So first of all, why do I have such a man crush on Ori Hoffmeckler? Well, the reason is, is he's really motherfucking cool. Like if you're a dude and you want to know who you want to emulate. You can emulate a lot of cool people. Like U.S. Grant. Like Brad Pitt. Like, you know, whomever. Joe, Joe Rogan, I kind of. I, Joe's a little druggy for me. But I still think he's kind of cool. Paul Saladino, carnivore diet guy. I think he's really cool too. But Ori Hoffmuckler is really cool. So, so check out. So here he is, he creates this revolutionary book and cover his background. He was in Israeli special forces. So doesn't that say at all? You have to be the baddest of badasses to be in Israeli special forces. I'm telling you people, if you walked into a bar fight in Northeast Iowa, this is the guy you would want at your side. I wouldn't want to mess with him you know, or he's like tough. Don't, you have to be afraid of him. He's still got to mess with Ori. I want to learn that Israeli special forces thing. Like, what's it called? Like Mazlev or something like that. I want to learn that. So he's a special forces guy, which means, of course, being in Israel, they get all sorts of training in that. Then he graduates from the Bella, Bella Hell Academy of Art in, in painting, And then he also has a degree in biological life sciences at Hebrew University, covering history, science, and biology. And they also indicate that his, um, he's also written for various magazines, including um, Time, Newsweek, Rolling Stone, People, New Republic, Playboy, and Penthouse. Yeah, you know, we read those things for the articles. Well, there are good articles, so I've heard in these particular uh, magazines. But also, he has two other books on art, Hoffmeckler's People and Hoffmeckler's Gallery. And then he's also the founder and editor-in-chief of Mind and Muscle Power. So this guy is like badass, and he's tough. And he has just done this incredible, um, he was one of the people who revolutionized inner minute masking and brought us back to the essence of what we have been evolved to do and he wrote this book I think in 2002 was the first edition and he wrote it at the period of the zone diet I don't know who the idiots were that made up the zone but these people had no fucking clue I think that these people may have been the type of people that were just all book learning and they never tested. They weren't on real. I don't want to fight these guys. They weren't any good. The zone diet people. You know, those people that said you had to eat all day. This is like, and then calorie count. These people don't know what they're talking about. I'm a little controversial here, but Ori, I trust. But listen to what Ori's first paragraph is. You know, you can really tell a book by that first paragraph you know it was the best of times it was the worst of times but these are the times the tried men's souls neither the sunshine period period patriot or summer soldier are the ones that we want to um fight know, yeah. you know that quote that i mean that really good one from thomas Paine. you know great openings well this actually reminds me most of Jane Jacobs' first paragraph and one of the best books I've ever read, which is *Death and Life of American Cities*. And like Jane Jacobs, Hochmehl is one of the most unlikely of people to revolutionize the diet world. Not a doctor, as far as I can tell. I, he might have a certification in nutrition, but doesn't hold himself out as such. Um, Jane Jacobs, similarly, you know, when she wrote and revolutionized urban planning in the 60s, she was a housewife, and her very first sentence on Death and Life of American City was, this book is an attack on urban planning. The the entire field at the time, that was dominated by experts, and she revolutionized urban planning. Well, similarly, Ori Hoffmettler, my major man crush, begins his first paragraph in the following way. He says, I'm about to commit dietary heresy. What I'm about to propose will cause an army of doctors, nutritionists, and self-proclaimed dietary experts to wail and mash their teeth. 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 I said Teeth. They'll call me ignorant. They'll read about my revolutionary diet plan, one that can create a society of lean, muscular, modern warriors. Then they'll smack their foreheads as they, they dismiss all my theories, no matter. Isn't that an intriguing beginning? But then he gets even sort of more into as to what he actually is talking about here in terms of how he defines warriors. And he gets a little bit into, you know, a little bit about children, you know, and I think this is really good because essentially what um, kids know is kids live by intuition, their feelings and their instinct. I'm mad. I'm hungry. I want this. I want that. And they're impulsive, but they're also incredibly creative. When they're tired, they sleep. When they want to play, they play, they wander, they grow, their creativity. And he, I don't think I have a major man crush on, on uh Ori Hofmeckler, because he is um a rule breaker. He's a rebel, but he's not just a rebel that instinctively rebels. He's mindful about it. He channels the essence of that fame, famous quote from Steve Jobs. You know, that moment when you realize that the assholes in charge are no smarter than you are. And if you touch the fabric of reality, you can actually change and manipulate it. Wow, that is really cool when you can do it as an adult. But so many of us adults just get our life beaten out of us. And we just listen to the assholes in charge and don't know what the hell they're doing. And they're just bumbling along, but not Ori. Ori is like, to the hell with the assholes in charge of the diet world? They don't know what the hell they're talking about. He says there are those, and this is I'm quoting verbatim, Check this out. He has to write a book on philosophy. Like, how? I want the philosophy of Ori Hofleckler. He says, in other words, in order to control people, you have to control their most primitive instincts or desires. Now, chew on that for a while. In order to control people, you have to control their. Primitive instincts or desires. And this is my own commentary. In order to liberate yourself, you have to follow your primitive instincts and your desire. I'll do a separate one on that. Yeah, follow your instinct and your desire. And he said, still there are those that break the rules. They are the true romantics of the world. They are the spiritual warriors. And their actions often change the way we all live. Love Ori. Children start out as such romantics, but this instinct is usually beaten out of them by the time they reach adulthood. Consequently, there are very few modern warriors. Thousands of years ago, these warriors were common. They lived entirely by their instincts. In fact, whole societies were made up of warriors. They spent their days defending their lives and their families' lives. They moved from place to place, never stopping long enough to settle down. Generally, they only sat down to eat one meal a day, and that was always at night after the battles had been fought. Consequently, their bodies were lean and hard and their instincts were honed to perfection. And of course, he is talking about the Greeks and the Romans that were eating seasonal fresh foods, meats, fish, legumes, whole grains, olive oil, and wine. You see why I like this book? This is one of these books that I'm probably going to, it's probably going to be like, it's going to be one of my top 10. I love the warrior diet. It's that good. The only thing I don't like about it, they shouldn't call it the warrior diet. It's more than that. Because then you get people that pigeonhole it as the one meal a day guy. No, it's just the one meal a day. Well, how does, first of all, how does he define warrior? When he refers to the warrior, he says it's like an instinct instinct that is deep within all of us, men, women, and children alike, which can be triggered by the warrior diet. Now, many of you know that um, I've been following a lot of these alternative health space and the central thesis that unites it all is this question of what type of animal are human beings? you ever thought about that? What type of animal are we? We're animals. All of us. I am. You are. We have a little bit of rational thought, but for the most part, we're highly instinctual. We get tired. We get stressed. We're a whole ball of emotions. But here's the key point that the alternative health space especially addresses. And this gets down to one meal a day human beings evolved for at least 3.5 billion years, not billion years, 3.5 million years. Life has been evolving for about a billion years, okay? A billion years. And that life has been evolving under conditions of food scarcity, and competition, and evolution, our minds, and our bodies, and our instincts, that is the things that just sort of automatically arise within us, evolved. Well, duh. And they evolved under very specific conditions. Human beings are diurnal creatures. We are evolved to live during the day, We are evolved to sleep deeply at night once a day and to get up early as the, as the sunlight hits our eyelids and our eyes. We are evolved to eat certain types of food and our bodies are evolved to eat certain macro nutrients doesn't it? Now, we're all arguing about what those macronutrients are, but clearly they are, and we we know this to be true. I mean, so for example, if you were to start feeding a cow, which is a ruminant, all kinds of steak, would that cow be healthy? No, they would get sick. They'd probably die. And what if the cows is siding up to the lion and saying, oh, well, um, I really love grass and I've been very healthy in grass. And the lion's like, oh, really? Cool. Let's eat grass. Well, the lion would die. Well, duh. Somehow we've exempted ourselves from this analysis. Well, well the health rebels haven't. They're like, well, duh, of course we're evolved for this. And we're evolved to eat meat. Now, Ori is actually more of a plant guy now. So, so the vegans and the meat eaters, they're they're still arguing about that. And one of us has to apply and, and basically just decide how to resolve it. But for me, to me, I think that um, you know, people like Paul Saladino, um, you know, Rob Wolf, I think basically what they believe, and I believe it to be true too, is that we were hunter-gatherers, right? And so that we hunted for a meat, we killed it for the fresh kill. We ate all the organs. And then we survived in conditions of food scarcity on low glycemic carbs. Berries, astringent berries, um, plants, a little bit of sweet potato, root vegetables. Um, Those are the sorts of things that we survived on. What about the frequency of when we ate? Were we stuffing our pie hole constantly as we evolved? Were we eating three meals a day? Oh, duh, of course we weren't. And so early on, the way that we were evolving was we would eat occasionally, not even one meal a day, really. We might have kill a mammoth and then not eat a week. Well, our bodies evolved all of these uh Health mechanisms to respond to that, so that we could survive and pass on our genes. One of them was, is that as your body becomes food scarce, it there's all these mechanisms that kick in to help you survive. Human growth hormone, endorphins to give you energy, serotonin to make sure that you know, or, or serotonin. Certain types of dopamine to make you feel good, energy, adrenaline, all of these things to keep you alive and on the hunt so you can get your next kill. After you kill the mammoth, what do you do? You share with your fellow tribesmen. You decompensate. You relax. You build bonds with the people that are going to help you survive. Now, his template isn't necessarily pre-evolution, you know, essentially ancient man, um, you know, in terms of cavemen and women. He's really looking at the warrior cultures of the early Romans and the early Greeks. And God, these people were ripped, at least in terms of their statues. You ever see any Roman statues with man boobs? Hell no. These guys were cut. And the women were like total babes. And so he's like, hey, if these people were cut, and they did look like that. I mean, they worshiped that, they were athletes they were athletic, they were smart, they did philosophy and their food. So that's why we all study the Romans and the early Romans, especially in the Greeks, because these people really knew their stuff and the Vikings. And so Hofmeckler reminds us that the, that the benefits of the warrior diet are astronomical And this is one meal a day. And I'll get into what he means by one meal a day. Um, But it's not quite one meal a day, even though I kind of do that. But, God, Ori, this isn't just a diet book. This is like a way of life. He should have called it something else. I don't know. Um, His website is down. So I don't know whether Ori's having some issues or whatever. But I I love this guy. I hope I get, maybe someday I'll get to interview him and i will say, Oh, you're all wrong. He's like, he's a little bit of an Israeli, you know, those light Israeli accents where they're kind of like tough and educated and they kind of talk like this and they're like, oh my God, you don't want to really mess with these people. They are tough and badass. But he talks about the list of benefits are staggering. Um, it can increase your um, beneficial amino acids, a- um, uh, proteins, amino acids. Um, it can induce the um, grow, muscle growth and fat deposition. So it's not just about, you know, essentially the health benefits. There's all sorts of things, human growth hormone. So you can become lean and muscular the more that you eat. Okay. Well, what does, he mean by, what does he mean by one meal a day? Well, again, this is why it's important for you to actually read the book. Because he doesn't quite mean just one meal a day. What he really says is that you should break your and I actually I don't do one meal a day all the day. I try I try to oscillate between one and two. Occasionally and rarely I'll do three meals a day just to sort of switch it up so my body doesn't get too used to it. But he talks about an undereating stage and an overeating stage. That's what he means by it. Undereating and overeating. So what he's not saying that you're not eating at all Um, Although some people do take it to mean that. But what he's saying is, is during this under eating stage, your body is essentially detoxifying. You're allowing your gut an opportunity to rest. Um, You know, there's one phrase and your, your body is literally cleansing itself during this fasting phase. It's becoming more insulin sensitive. Your liver is having time to rest. Your body is getting receptive to food. It's not spiking your insulin. Uh, you, so your body then is starting to use its fat stores. It's becoming more resilient. You feel clear and energetic during this phase. Well, this requires us to understand the sympathetic and parasympathetic activity and nervous system. What is the sympathetic nervous system? This is fight or flight. Again, back to evolution. This spikes our energy. When we fight, our sympathetic system is activated. When you're about ready to take a test, your sympathetic nervous system is activated. So you can survive. So you can focus. So you can control. It gives you energy. What is your parasympathetic nervous system? This is our relaxation and recuperation and procreation and sleep and rest. Well, we have both of these systems, according to Hoffman, and a lot of other health experts, and they are like the yin and yang. They must work together. Well, where does eating come in to this process of the sympathetic versus parasympathetic activity? Where does that come in? Eating, and we all know this to be true, and you're going to know why after I talk about it, eating is a parasympathetic activity. This is a recuperation activity. So a lot of times you hear people about eating throughout the day so that you have energy. Not true. Of course, to some degree, it's true. I mean, you get energy. But when you eat, your body goes into a state of relaxation to digest the foods. And so Ori thought, well, why not adapt my eating schedule to the parasympathetic phase? When we're relaxing in the evening, when we're hanging out with our family, when we're going to go into our fast, when we're sleeping in the evening. And during the sympathetic phase, when we're fight or flight, we're trying to hunt, we're trying to fight, we're trying to work. We don't wanna dull those instincts. Like you don't want a good breakfast before you actually go fight. we nearly lost D-Day because these idiot planners thought it'd be the best idea to give the men a huge breakfast before they left to fight. Well, they had basically, they're sympathetic, they're ready to fight at the same time they had food. That was the dumbest advice. They should have given them their last meal. Um, a day before that's when they should have done it or maybe two days before. So I can have a big meal, get those nutrients in, allow the recovery. And then for that day of the fight, a super light meal, because this is also key, but it's important if we to read books and I hope you're still listening because so often we just sort of have the headline. Oh, well, there's the one meal a day guy. Well, what is, he's not really saying one meal a day. Under the under eating phase, he's saying low calories. Um, he does not want you to eat processed, especially the high sugar, because you're spiking your insulin, which again puts us into that, that parasympathetic phase where your body gets spiked and you get tired because then your body then compensates for that to like digest the nutrients and you're, you're not allowed and you're stressing your liver. The pancreas is shooting out all this insulin. He does allow. Nuts, low-glycemic carbs, um, a little bit of fruits, paya, a little bit of salad if you need it. But for the most part, um, he does, and some raw vegetables, he does allow this during the under-eating phase, a little bit of protein, a little bit of kefir, he does allow. So he's not dogmatic about that. So if you actually can't deal with the hunger, have some nuts, eat a little egg, but make sure that it's low glycemic and you're not eating a lot of calories. But he talks about this as detoxifying stage of helping you to become alert and strong and fit. Now note, there's one exception to this, is that he talks about if you're exercising during this sympathetic stage in the morning, which I often do, he does allow a light um, refeed within two to three hours afterwards just so you can make sure that you're absorbing that protein and those nutrients um, of your workout. But then he talks about the overeating stage. And this is the beauty of this, um, of this diet, is that you're undereating and overeating. Now I know a lot of what you are thinking. Oh, well, does that mean he allows binging? No, because it's all about health and living in accordance with your instincts and your desires to survive. And so one instinct that the human beings had is that when they did eat, when they get the mammoth, they weren't, they were like, hey, we got the mammoth, let's freaking eat because we don't know when we're going to eat again. So we're going to eat, maybe going to eat a little bit too much. We're going to do it with our friends and they're going to keep us in check because they're going to want some food too. And he said, during this stage, we're restoring our mind, we're nourishing our soul. We're replenishing, we're replenishing our energy. The key thing with this is that we're also boosting our metabolism. Because remember, with the basal metabolic rate, um, essentially, if you lower your food intake too much, your metabolism goes down. So you need to keep up those, those total number of calories. And ultimately, then, he basically says to begin with um, leafy vegetables, and things that are very light on your um, inner intestines and your digestive system. And then meet, then graduate to um, essentially the the fats, the meat, and then finish with some carbs if you want. He's a big low glycemic guy, but he does not prescribe what you should eat. So like like Dr. Fung, um, he is not, he's pretty much kind of keto-ish but he essentially reminds some of the super low carb people, and this is I think where Fung is, and a lot of other people are, that if you're not eating any carbs, your body does need it for the neurotransmitters in terms of the brain. Um, it's really good. So you know, I wish the low carb and high carb people, not necessarily the high carb, no, no one does high carb that has a brain. No, no, they don't do that. But some of the low carb people. Are are nuanced. The good ones are nuanced, and realize occasionally you got to have that that carb, but they want the good carb, not the super highly refined carbs like sugar, um, because basically you need the carbs for your joints, for your brain, um, for your energy systems, for your muscles. So you do need them. You don't need them throughout the day. So the good people in the space, like people like Ben Greenfield, you know, really in carb, you know, so low carb during the day. Up your intake during the evening if you need to spike your blood sugar. This will lie at some of the benefits of carbs without just those downsides of the type 2 diabetes. Because that's the problem if you're eating carbs throughout the day. I remember in the late 90s, these people would, you know, like at Vito's in Iowa City, they would bring a bowl of bread. And you were like, oh, it's low-fat. Well, nothing could have been worse than than these freaking low-fat High starch, high sugar. Basically, bread's a form of sugar, right? It's not processed, but the difference between processed sugar and a carbohydrate in the form of processed bread isn't that much. So that's it. But, it, you know, those are the two big themes, and that's what it's known for. But he also gets a little bit into the history of the Romans, um, what they ate. <clears throat> the different types of grains that they ate, the types of exercise that you should do. And he uh, gets into the history. He talks about women on the warrior diet. He talks a little bit about the neurotransmitters, um, enzymes the different types of foods. He even has recipes. He dives deep into the plant world to the meat world. He covers his review of certain types of diets. Um, he gets a little bit into philosophy in terms of Greco-Roman society. So it's really more than a book about eating one meal a day. And I think that's where it gets pigeonholed. But it's really much more detailed than that. So, gosh, you know, if I were recommending a book to start and you're thinking about fasting, I'd really eat this book. This book. I'm fasting right now to do this podcasting yet. Maybe that's a 40 inch slip. But it's really good because I think so often um, when we start talking about various things, I really think it's important to know the why. And uh, these health rebels all I'll say is that they have been incredibly accurate as to me in terms of what they said would happen. So you know, my goal is to get you on your health journey and uh, basically decide for yourself. It's just very unfortunate that so many doctors just don't really know about this stuff. You know, Judy, the nutritionist, doesn't know crap. And you go to the hospital, they're giving sodas and juice and just all this garbage to people that are in the hospital. They're, giving, they're basically giving them type 2 diabetes for crying out loud and making them feel like garbage. To go to a psychiatrist that does not recommend food and exercise and just gives you a pill, like run from that person like crazy. So I, I think in terms of these rebels are really onto something. And I think it gets into this ultimate question of self-reliance that our creator who set it into force, force this evolution has given, given the body incredible powers of rejuvenation and healing. And I continue to firmly believe that those approaches should be used first in mind, body, and spirit until they don't work. And if they absolutely don't work, then you go to that next stage of the external pill. But I think so many of these drug companies, I mean, think about your body. It is a multi-million variable equation. There's the gut, there's the brain, there's the neurotransmitters. You can't possibly account for all of these significant issues that people have to deal with. Even if you deal with one thing in your brain, how does it affect your gut? How does it affect your heart? How does it affect your your blood vessels, your muscles, all of these different things? Well, human evolution evolved our bodies for certain things. So that's going to be my starting point. And that's why I embrace health rebels like Ori Um He also has some exercises, like read this book. I'm going to um, include show notes for you, um, uh, link to this in the show notes of this particular podcast. It is incredibly powerful. And I'm hoping that you um, buy the book, that you give me feedback, uh, that you reach out. I, I don't know, I'm hoping to get Ori on. I, I don't know if he's active anymore. All I can say is, is, this is one of the best books I've read in a long time. And uh, I would just like, I'd like to see his reading list. Actually, gotcha. his reading list is probably, is probably like awesome. But I tell you what, I would like to know his fighting techniques. I think there should be a book called The, the Tao and Philosophy of Ori. I love that name, Ori. Like, I think if I had a boy, like, I think I'd name him Ori. I think he's, I think he's pretty cool. He's really cool. So, if you want high-energy explosive strength and a leaner, hardy body, harder body, by Ori Hofmeckler's book, The Warrior Diet. And you too can discover nature's ultimate sec- secret for burning fat, igniting energy, and boosting, boosting brain power. Infinite gratitude to each one of you who have tuned into the Rock and Cast. If you're here this far. Very impressed with you. You are interested in what we're doing here at the Rocky Cast. We have a hearty little group of listeners. I'm reviewing the data. We're, you know, about 10 to 20. Sometimes we get 30, 40. A record so far is 100. But you and I are co creating a new space for people interested in liberal arts that want to improve and strengthen their mind, body, and spirit in a way that elevates not only themselves, but their loved ones around them and their community. So continue with me on this journey. Please continue to give me positive reviews on iTunes, Spotify, all places where podcasts are are heard. If you know someone that's overweight or struggling with these things, refer them to the warrior diet, get them to an alternative health practitioner. I'm going to do one on chiropractors. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sold on chiropractors. I don't know about the backtracking thing, but a lot of them were really early practitioners for the alternative health space. And so... I'm hoping to help you and to get you on your journey for you to make your own decisions because ultimately it comes down to you. And so spread the word, share these episodes. Let's build this little party audience that we have so that we can build the audience on the Rocky Cast. The bigger it gets, the more content I can produce and the more that I can do. So that's why we're doing the Rocky Cast. I have so much gratitude for each one of you that are tuning in to each and every episode. We're going to continue to put on high quality content. For this particular platform. And so, thank you for tuning into the Rocky Cast. I'm gonna enjoy my weekend, get a lot of stuff done, meet with a friend, enjoy the sunshine. I'm on a one meal a day today. I'm gonna to eat a little bit later today, spend time with my daughter, friends, and family, and soak up the beautiful power of creation that our Creator has given us. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rocky Cast. And until next time on the Rocky Cast.